Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We head to Virginia this week with Sean McDamara's... <laughs> we head to Virginia this week with... <clears throat> we head to Virginia this week with Sean McNamara's 2014 Civil War epic, The Field of Lost Shoes. Michael and Mike are fighting for the North this week, so I'm joined by Nate. <laughs> a true Southerner. No. <laughs> the only one that's actually a true Southerner. The only one that's technically a Southerner. Yeah. Confirmed. So... So I just whacked my new microphone. All right, it's gonna take me. It's gonna take me a few a few recording sessions with this one. It's on my face. So. Okay, okay, Michael. We'll <laughs> see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you you whack your mic more than any person in this whole entire pod. Yeah, thanks. Pre- yes, keep yeah. whacking it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Whack that bitch. Spank there it. You there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what'd you think? Oh, see, I don't have anyone to step in right now for this. This is the I, being the man that lives below the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> what did I think of this interpretation? This, did you live up to Stonewall uh, Jackson's lineage? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, it was. I don't know, man. Like, like this movie. I, I, I tried. I think it's a long. I think it's been a long time since I've actually messaged you halfway through and been like, "This is pretty bad." Tunnel rats, and um, yeah, tunnel rats. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it's not tunnel rat level, but it's not great. I mean, I I don't know what to to be mad at it for because it's like, I I knew this was gonna go and be low budget, and low budget has a certain stigma and feel and it really does have a look um and especially early 2010s early budget or late 2000s has a very specific look and it's cheap and what i mean by that it's just new technology is becoming part of the film industry at this time and people are experimenting with new and cheap, innovative ways to make camera angles and looks and feels and everything. And the problem is, is that unless you are multi-million dollars, it just doesn't look good. And it's more jarring than anything. And then you combine that with cheap filmmaking. And unless you do that cheap filmmaking really well, it's very distracting. That's the problem I have with this film, cinematography-wise. The writing's just goddamn atro- atrocious. I, 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 it's just it, there's no fucking, there's no fucking feasible fucking story for me. It's just it's boring. Three quarters of the film is a fucking teenager love fest. Sorry, I've already gone through fucking high school. I don't need to fucking see this, <laughs> you know. But in 1860, like, it just, it, I didn't find, I understand they're trying to humanize it, that they're just kids and all that stuff, but don't care. I don't know. You could have done all that and completely gutted that love 
romance completely right out of the fucking movie, and I would have been okay with it, but I don't know, man. It just... There's just a lot of combinations that just really just made me just start skipping through whole sections of dialogue, and I was just like, I I don't care. Keep clicking, click, click. It just didn't hold me. Combat was interesting, but I hated the fucking reenactor shots. That's my... That's my. That just means you ran out of budget, dude. That just means you went to fucking Gettysburg and just filmed the next reenactment because you know people. So, which I actually know people who worked on this film. So that's it's a completely. I know that's how that went. So it just. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but that's that's how I feel about it. It just felt cheap. And I don't know if six million dollars is cheap. That was the budget. Yeah. Wow, they fucking wasted it. Um. <laughs> I have more to that, but yeah, go ahead. And do it. Oh no! That, well, there's something you said I was gonna say that I will uh, wait to talk about. But um, no, first impressions, bad and boring. It was, uh, yeah, a very, um, like you said, cheap films have an aesthetic, and especially cheap films from this time have an aesthetic. Like if you watch bad 1970s movies, uh, yep, that's a bad 1970s movie. If you watch unrestored original 70s movies like Deliverance, you're like, wow, this looks like the bad B movie from the 70s. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah. no it's just uh it's just not a, a very well-made movie and you know at the same time it's just so tropey it's like got all your that's stupid that's shit that like that's you know, yeah that's that's what it was you, yeah you see and it's just annoying people talking in rooms oh and then we charged a bunch of guns and then it ends so welcome if to I... sean mcnagamara's best work I uh, <laughs> well, if you want to see his other work, you should look him up on my IMDb. It's like kid movies, so uh, this well, kind of I guess this fits that trend. I guess I don't know. I mean, yeah, like preteen. Yeah, like I I look. I'm not trying to shit on the guy, but he's a rat. Right, right. He's a rat. And 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 God, if I had a nickel for every northerner trying to be southern in this goddamn movie, it would fucking I'd be a rich fucking man. I wouldn't have to live that kid. That that rat kid, why'd you hire someone from North of Mason Dixie Line to fucking even come down here and try to pull that accent? That's a terrible fucking thing. That kid, no. Well, just even the whole plot. It's just No. Like, no, I, I know. But I I like like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nitpicky here. You don't If you it, take Virginia, then I will promote you. Like, I mean I mean like it just I, I just the dialogue in this movie is trash. No <laughs> fucking no. garbage. Well, again, there's so much to talk about and, and rip this thing apart. I, I will give it this. I really did like the cinematography. Or sorry, not cinematography. Fucking, that was hard. I was about to say, you and I, I are the, about to throw the, down if you said the cinematography was great. <laughs> I liked the costuming. I thought that was very well done. And I liked the sets. There were a few aerial shots that were so droney and cheap that it hurt that you can tell that there's modern things in the horizon. Cause they just wanted to use Shenandoah, but they don't understand or they didn't have the budget to fucking like, you know, paint shit out of the goddamn <laughs> <laughs> you know, things like, you know, water towers, metal water towers didn't exist in, you know, the 1860s, but who am I to say that? You know, I, I, it's, I it's think... a union observation balloon. So, so that's really funny. You said that. So, I won't. I won't name blast, but but the guy who I know, the two guys I know, we'll call him Dave. Uh, yeah, the two guys I know, uh, 
head of the costume department and uh, head of property management. So, so prima and worked in the prop department as well. So he's probably was in charge of picking locations and filming locations and all that kind of stuff. And then the other guy was ahead of probably the costume design stuff. And they know their stuff. Like they're really good historian reenactor historians. Like I know I've known them for quite a long time. And uh, they did a really, really good job to my eye. That is the one thing with this film that it did to me, unless if he could be here, he'd probably say, like, no. But I think they, they, they nailed the, at least the aesthetic. Now, some of it looked cheap, but it's a small budget. Well, small budget, $6 million, quotation marks. It just, uh, it, it, looked, it looked okay. And, you know, the, like you said, the sets and the stuff and the location, I think they looked good. They didn't look bad. If anybody's been to Virginia, which is chigger country, and I mean the fucking horrible bugs that infest your ankles and destroy you from just bottom up th- through your soul. Is this experience? You know, no. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's reasons I want to own a flamethrower. But like, yeah, that's Virginia. No, that's exactly what it looks like. And again, having been someone that's driven through that area a lot in my life and stayed there a few times, like that's that is Central Virginia. So that was one thing I have to get it because a lot of times, even even Glory has a fucking digital watch in it and everything. So it's like, you know, they did do a very good job of painting a nice picture for the cameras, but everything around that's fucking shit. So Mm -hmm. that's the problem. There's so many moving elements to a movie that like you can get a few things really well done and awesome, but then other parts of it are just so horribly mismanaged or just horribly done that it's like... What are you gonna do? You know, you're you're fucked from the start, right? So. Well, the problem, the problem is with me. It's like, I just had, like, like, like when when um, uh, you know, obviously this is this is this has a message within it. Like the whole writing, everything, it has a message with it. It seems very one sided of mm-hmm. what it's influenced by and I'm not too sure 100 of it it's correct cuz anytime a film says a true story or based on true events I'm going that's bullshit it ain't true on nothing and I'm again I'm sure if Les was here he'd be like damn straight but the thing is is that for what I know that and something that I was reading when cuz I I during the movie I got so fucking bored with the love triangle going on I just started researching the film just to try to get something out of it and the one thing I learned is that the writing uh, I think the director had admitted years later that the that the that the movie is based off of off, based off of things very not true to the thing and that the you can tell right off that this film is definitely funded by the cadet school in Virginia Hundred fucking percent because of so fucking biased they are with everything they're showcasing with the school with this location like everything it's like a fucking PR for the cadet school I mean that was the very first thing I thought and then I did Doug research and he admitted that they emphasize certain things in the film and that a million dollars of the budget was donated by the cadet school. Or by the Virginia Commonwealth of something I've read, something like that. So that does not surprise me. So because those films, normally when something is very influenced by a singular donor, is very influenced by the perspective of that donor. I think we've had another movie like that. 
And God, you could tell. Like, God, you could so tell. And and if I want to scream anything to the goddamn editor of this film, don't put white text on white sky. I can't fucking read it even with my glasses. Well, it's... That's, well, listen. <laughs> God! It's been a while since I've seen a film that's so insulting to its audience's level of comprehension that it literally has to walk you through everything like you are a kindergartner. Every set is named. 54th Pennsylvania, known as the Pennsylvania Boys. Like, I... <laughs> I, I thought they were called the Erie County Boys. Like, oh no! Like, what the? What, what are you doing? You know? Wow! Did you did you hear? The, I didn't that, know that. the Fighting Irish were from New York. <laughs> Fuck! What I guess that? Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! No, they're actually from Illinois. Dude, that 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 artillery lieutenant was a one-liner machine. He would the, just look at him, go one. fire, yeah. and then go give him the Ohio hello and all this other bullshit that he fucking was saying. I'm like. Oh, this is cringe. This is cringe. The easiest thing to do in the world is to not listen. It's like, oh, so blindly, I was just following orders. Why did you murder all these people in Auschwitz? Well, <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. It's, I, the problem uh, with yeah. these movies is that, you know, they just turn into, at one point, tropey Southern apologist films. And I'm not trying to say that as like a northern carpetbag or whatever. Like, you don't understand. I spent a lot of time in the South, and I totally respect their viewpoints for certain reasons. But just in the last 50 years, there's only been really one good Civil War movie, in my opinion. And that's fucking Gettysburg. Like, all yeah. the other ones fall either to the left or to the right of the spectrum. There's nothing good about it. And that's the real problem with Civil War films. You know, you're never going to get the true story. Because there's always three sides to a story. There's, you know, your side, my side, and the truth. So it it's just always going to be a problem and always going to be a bias, especially 150 years later, and especially now when much of the South is in this period of, like, its second reconstruction, you know, in a way. There's a lot of social change happening in America. So it's just, you know, this film was made right at the cusp of that as well, 2014. Because two years later, 2016, not to politicize this but just to put blinders on you know what was happening at the time you have charlottesville which is one of the worst riots ever you know for regardless of of your viewpoint on it it was fucking horrible and a travesty to this country so it's just it was made in this time of hyper reactiveness to what was going on you know and it shows that and it's annoying <laughs> you know you all have to chase the money unfortunately when you make a lot of movies and you're going to have to, at some point, you know, be lenient towards some cause, even though that's not what you want to do. At the end of the day, this film was really shallow because it's about one particular battle and moment that's like stretched out to six years before the war. To, you know, educate people that don't need to be educated on the events of the 19th century. Oh, slavery was bad. Your father was a, not a successionist. He's bad. Oh, Even though I'm he was. stuck here. That's <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just it. Why are you holding me through? It's just a very good lesson in how not to make a film and how not to judge your audience. Because I don't know shit about this stuff. I'll, I know I know very little surface level stuff. Maybe more than the average person because I know a little bit about the backstory because I've just been through the area. But other than that. Like, 
I just felt insulted watching this. And it's like, oh, the Pennsylvania boys? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I like every single location change had a white text on it. And I was just like, I don't need you to tell me that I'm in a field hospital. I know I'm in a field hospital. No, the guy getting his leg, leg amputated, that means we're definitely in a pub. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll take a Guinness, please. You know, don't right, yeah. please hold the blood. Like, what the fuck? Hold, please, please. You know, so, what's what's yeah. going on here? And, um, I, uh, yeah, it just, it just, I, I thought about when you were talking. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of a museum movie. Museum movie? Yeah, the museum movies that you go, when you go to a museum and they oh, have that, like, yeah. you sit in the fucking kiosk dark room General that's Lee like, approached yeah, Gettysburg from the south but like, like, that's the shit you see in Mount Vernon. You know, yeah. like, or Mount Vernon, or you go to Monticello and you watch the PBS special made 20 years ago because they haven't updated it yet. Like, that's the shit I think I see, I see when I watch this. And I'm just like, yeah, but, but now we have a whole love story flushed in. If you took away, if you took away every, I, you could delete hour and f- uh, probably, probably an hour and five minutes from the first half of the film and still have. The, the highlight of that film and better be that that's why it's fucking a museum special because I give zero fucks for the rest of this goddamn film from that back. It's just bullshit filler. Just a funny side note. So, um, growing up, I, uh, volunteered at this museum. I believe I've mentioned it a few times before. It was this armor museum and the director of the museum is originally from Chicago or he's from, uh, like New England, but he moved out to Chicago for a while. And when he was out there, he got involved in the history scene and everything. And some people that know about Chicago and the Midwest and stuff, they might know about the um, big museum out there, which is the uh, Museum of Science and Industry or Space and Industry. I think it's Science and Industry. But anyway, that's where the U-505 is, which is one of these you know big German submarines that was captured and it was brought oh, to the Oh, that's where that one is? Yeah, it's oh, in okay. Chicago. And it was the capture. It was very famously captured the day before D-Day, June fifth, uh, off the west coast of Africa. Pretty fascinating story if you haven't seen it. A lot of it was captured on film too. But long story short, they got the submarine and it survived, thank God. And it's now in a mock U-boat pen in a really cool display in Chicago. And when they were putting it inside in like 2005, because it was outside for most of its life and it got pretty rusty because it was the Midwest, they were redoing the whole museum. And long story short, my friend got into the video for the museum where they're like and the taking of the u505 and he always told us he was like if you ever hand up at this museum and you watch the infomercial and the display he goes i'm the second guy down the ladder and i'm like okay whatever years go by right (laughs) and i end up in chicago and i i luckily i end up going to the museum and it's fucking awesome they have a stuka there they have like Apollo stuff there from the early moon missions, and they have the U five hundred five. It's just really cool. If you're a nerd, it's really worth going. It's just awesome. Or if you need to kill time with your family, it's really worth going. So, anyway, um, went to the U five hundred five. Really cool. Walking around, they have those really neat displays. Like one is uh, here's all the records that they were captured on the ship, and like they're mostly French records and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's really cool. And like right next to that display, there's a big giant monitor. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And this video plays on a loop. And long story short, 
the second guy down the fucking gangplank was my friend Sam from the museum. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, making the connection five years after I heard the story, it was hysterical. There but, was... um. Yes, it is totally I, one of those. It, it's totally one of those. Cause, and just to put it in perspective, the... Uh, when uh, because living in Maryland, you live you live around a lot of Rev War, a lot of um, Civil War stuff, obviously, and why? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and you go to all these museums, and I did a lot of stuff l- during like high school and early college, and I can't tell you how many of these things are like from the early '90s, and they're still playing them over and over and over and over and over again. And I had a buddy. Half these guys are dead from COVID. Uh, yeah, I had, well, I had a buddy of mine who unfortunately has passed a very long time ago, not from COVID. Uh, and he had told me he had <laughs> DV. <laughs> yeah. He, he had, he had, uh, he, he told me very long ago. He's like, Oh, I'm in that, I'm in that, uh, Mount Vernon thing. They keep playing over and over again. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, I went in high school and it was from like the, I think it was from 1989. They've retired it. I think now since, but he was in there, and he's like, I'm, like, the fourth guy on the right in the front line of, like, you know, doing uh, French Indian War stuff. And I'm like, yeah, right. Plain as day, but, like, literally, like, 20 years younger. I was like, holy crap. Like, it just, they don't change. I mean, they just yep. don't. But, but 100%, but to get back on topic, this is 100% one of those in, in its appearance. And, you know, I understand this is a very there, there's a, this is a very small, very pivotal moment in a battle that is also a very small and pivotal point and pivotal moment in a war. So I understand, you know, honing in and honing in and honing in. Why the fuck could you not make that whole entire thing so much more? The whole entire movie is about a love triangle and the prep for this moment. But you literally have, I think, what, it's like 25 minutes is the battle, maybe, if that. And it's so overly stretched and so just, like, I get it. Like, you're trying to show the heroism of these kids and walking through the field. But, God, did you have to do it in the most cliche ways? That's like, the and, thing. And, like... then, and, then, and then you throw a GoPro on a fucking rifle twice. Like, ugh. Ugh. Nothing's it's... more jarring than a GoPro shot in a high-budget movie and one of the all the biggest travesties is, is there's main main blockbusters did it too. They did it in the fucking Hobbit. You had 4K 60 frame goddamn cameras with amazing CGI cut to a GoPro on a barrel going into water and then cut back to this 4K thing. You're like, what? What What? what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's the same thing here, but in the $6 million, not a multi-million dollar budget thing. Anyway, sorry. Rant. Done. Um... Who is it? Uh, Hitchcock, 60 years ago, said all movies are today, or all most movies are today, is people talking in rooms. And holy shit, that's this fucking movie. <laughs> like, you know, and not even that, stationary people talking in rooms with bad acting. Like, you know, there's more. Oh, Grant c- wanted me to wanted me to headbutt a wall. There's more cinematography oh. in a 1970s documentary than there is in this whole movie put together. Like if you watch any, just even a clip of a 1980s BBC like spot on like let's go clean windows, it's like way better and way <laughs> thought out than anything in this film. It's just like, you know, as creative as a wedding video. 
<laughs> like, you know, hired a videographer from like fucking a wedding venue, literally. <laughs> I, like I can. I, <laughs> Here come the Confederates. I, Here come I, the Confederates. Really, and then and then overly saturated with CG, like so, like like CG dust. Nothing looks nothing looks as fake as particles in fucking early two thousand ten. Sorry, like just saying that. But anyway. The, the 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 thing that made me go <laughs> I love that though. The the thing that really pulled me out was with any cheap independent film using reenactments as footage for the film. It's always the same angles because they can't be in the play area to ruin the immersion and they're going and taking a a advantage of people who are doing a reenactment and using them in their film and the event has signed it off. Tell me how I know, because people have done that for, for G-Day Kanye. And it always looks like shit, because it's always a different resolution than the film's quality of work. It's always someone's fucking handy cam they went out there and fucking did it as a one-offer. If you're going to hire reenactors, at least do it in a theatrical uh, production film shoot. Because at least then it matches the quality of the rest of the film. Don't fucking go out there with your handy cam and fucking take shots. Like I, it's always from the the like seven o'clock view of a fat reenactor's ass on his left side, like down the whole entire line. Like you get it all the time. It just drives me insane when I see it in films. Because that that's exactly what they did. And I hit the mic again. There we go. Gotta get used to my hand movements in this fucking mic. <laughs> Here's my scuttlebutt top tip of the day. Don't hire reenactors. Hire actors and one unhinged veteran, and you'll get much better performances. <laughs> Might just, be. <laughs> literally, just get one unhinged guy. It's a little out there, but he's safe. And then just get a bunch of bunch of you know good mediocre actors, and you'll get better soldiers than reenactors. And I don't mean that to offend anyone, but listen, we, you know, we've been down this road, so. We have been down this road, and it was not pleasant. Don't let them bully you. Don't, don't, don't let the reenactors who are also in the shot be your advisors too, please. Like that is also another thing. <laughs> the shot speaks to me. <laughs> God, yeah. Oh, this is how it should be with my fucking pot belly gut sticking out. Ugh. It's just a bad movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. We can keep shitting on it, but I mean, it really is just a bad movie. And I before... mean, before. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Before we continue to shit on it more, I will say, for this week's sticker trivia, VMI, or the Virginia Military Institute, is one of the oldest military colleges in the United States. People like General Marshall, who became the Secretary of Defense, or the equivalent during the Second World War, went to VMI. But when was it founded? The first person to send us the date of when VMI was founded will win this week's sticker. And while we're on that note, we're going to be doing a Q&A shortly. So if you guys have anything that you want to know about us, please send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or even on this video. And we'll uh, get back to you in about a month. Yeah, the, the goal is to be trying to record something, uh, cameras, all that kind of stuff. Finally get uh, to see Nathan's beautiful face. <laughs> yeah, chins and all. Yeah, All two of them. All two of them. It's like, you ever see a photo of, like, uh, Niagara Falls? What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know that one. <laughs> uh, I've heard a lot. <laughs> been around, man. Yeah, no, it just it just felt very much like a just an indie film that just unfortunately is the pro- byproduct of shitty writing. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, which we haven't really talked about, but why don't we do that? I'll say this before we talk about that. I- I think this is a better subject to talk about with this bad movie. Why should you even attempt to make a film today if you can't get it to the level of a Hollywood production? Because let's be honest, $6 million is a hell of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I know what we could do with that amount of money. But, you know, Hollywood and production is its own thing. Um, you know, and stuff. But what I'm trying to get at is like, if you get lucky enough to make a movie or attempt to make a movie, you really have to use your skill set to your advantage. Because Kubrick, you know, Stanley Kubrick, when he started filming and everything, he had nothing. He had no money at all. And he used his advantages and his skill set to make his films look as best as they possibly could. I.e., you know, he was a black and white photographer for 20 years before he started making movies. So he could shoot a film in black and white at a quarter of the cost, he couldn't color. And he can get way better with depth of field and everything because he had the experience of working with that medium. Hence, all these low-budget military films all look the same and they all look shitty because they're just all approached from the same way, you know? Like, it's like making a low-budget horror film while we're making a low-budget military film. It's like, you know, if you approach this with a different skill set and a different mindset, you can make... Every dollar fucking count, you know, but it's really just a a failure on the filmmakers themselves. And it really just goes to show that a lot of people thought this was a job and not a passion. Like, oh, we're just going to we have the cameras to make this work. Like, you know, there's just no spark here. There's no interest. There's no care. They're just documenting events occurring. It's more it's more like you said, it's like a fucking infomercial for a documentary or for a, not even that for a fucking you know national park site Ooh. it almost feels it almost feels like it's a cookie cutter template yeah it, it's like you know it's story worse. writing everything yeah but but even that it's just so bad and it's like you know how do you approach this problem you know and wow the more i think about that six million dollars like casting was so shitty it wasn't even that big of a cast you know it's just like I don't know. It just how do you approach a problem? That's what it really comes down to. Yeah, six six million dollars. It, it it's it's quite. I mean, like I mean, though. Remember, fucking uh, Tunnel Rats is nine or eight, right? Eight. But Tunnel Rats has some thought to it, though. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like there's actual real filmmaking in that with the wall scenes of the the trenches of the tunnels and yeah, everything. Yeah, there like, is. A, there was there, a little bit. There's, I mean, yeah. there's a spark there. There's, you know what I mean? Like, there's like a, oh my God, I have a camera and there's people in front of it and we're making a movie. Well, this one is like, thank you. What what the <laughs> fuck? Like, can I get something? Can I get a Dutch? Can I get fucking anything? No. Thank you. Oh, oh look, you're on a tripod in a fucking room. And now it's reverse shot on a tripod in the same room. Like, oh my God. Like, fucking, do you have a dolly? Do you have a baby carriage? You have a fucking Dodge car, like truck? You fucking, you clearly have a drone. Do you know how many like, times they fucking showed the same battlefield shot so far away 
that oh, you couldn't right. see what the fuck was going on. Well, and then they showed it again. Yeah. And then they showed it again with fucking binoculars uh, after effects over it. Ugh. And then showed it again the same way, like without the binocular effects on it. Like, I, I understand. Like, again, I think I said in Telenauts, it's like I getting a film completed from A to fucking Z is a milestone that you should be very proud of. A lot of films cannot get there. So it's frustrating when I see good moments in this film just completely diluted from fucking terrible writing or terrible cinematography. Like, I will say, like, other than, you know, traditional hand-to-hand combat scenes that you've seen from the early 2000s, it's like, there were some interesting shots and some pretty, like, you know interesting i guess ways of doing but 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 again it's so templated and cookie cuttered in its format it just it just kills it every time no it's just fucking horrible what i mean like boring it's it's boring of the fucking like you said it's it's like imagine if um teen wolf had like a quarter of the budget and it was shot you know on a fucking like vhs tape I mean, but like, uh, but like, Tunnel Rats had the same shot placement, although Tunnel Tunnel Rats is wider, where it's just so much open space. Yeah, and then you have PBS documentary. I went to a reenactment. This is what they did footage on top of that, which is even wider. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and then they have the drone shots. I'm fine with the drone shots, and they had an overhead drone shot. I'm fine with that. It's just, it's just make it. There's a there's a really good. I've been trying to find a place to put this in, to put context to it. I've been going down this huge rabbit hole. I I go through it every about year, but um, Les Stroud, who does survive, who did Survivor Man, is now on YouTube and he's he's putting all this stuff on for free, which is really interesting. Um, you know, obviously monetized, but but you get my point. You have access to it. It's not behind a paywall like Peacock or anything like that. And it's it's really interesting because he puts a lot of behind the scenes of like documentary filmmaking and all that kind of stuff and pushing limits to equipment. And the thing that he, he that he says every time that really does speak to me a lot is he talks about how, you know, you can pay someone, you know, he they used to have to they used to fly helicopters. The whole point of me saying this is that they used to fly helicopters and that cost thousands and thousands of dollars to just rent the helicopter. You had to get the shot because you rented the helicopter. Um, he would do that. But then when drones came out, they started paying someone for drones and the guy would come out with his drones and he'd do the stuff. And then he just went like, well, how much are we paying for that guy? Like $4,000 plus trip out here to get out of the shot of this remote place of wherever. Why don't we just buy that? Why don't we just buy that drone and get certified ourselves and do that? And then he said, then we bought the drone. He's like, and then we were using the shots, but they were just shots. He goes, he goes, then we found ways to make it work for the filmmaking push the equipment to the filmmaking if you are not i feel like to me if you are not pushing technology to make your filmmaking more unique then i don't think it is a valid uh, method to make to, to make your film i feel like if you're not pushing that aspect of the film to make the shot work for the equipment then you shouldn't be using the equipment the top down of the drone and the GoPro looking at the guy's face as he runs 
are pushing to the limits, but they're not new. And that's the problem I think I have with that, especially with other films like Tunnel Rats and stuff like that. It's like the, the, the technology is you're not pushing that tech to new and innovative ways to capturing it. I don't think you have to make it like different. Just make it new. Make it something I haven't seen before for the last 20 years. And that's hard to do. I'm not saying that's easy to do. That's very fucking hard to do. But like, you know, Survivor Man won a bunch of awards because he pushed his filmmaking with the equipment he had. Just one guy or two or three because he had two or three cameramen filming like background stuff while he was out surviving. But my point is, is that you need to use the technology to make the shots you can't possibly get on by hand. And if you can get that by hand, do it by hand because it looks so much better quality wise because at this point in the early 2000s and even now like flying a drone and having a camera in your hand they're almost getting to the point where they're indistinguishable to tell the difference we're now just getting to the point which i think is gonna be really exciting for indie filmmakers and stuff like flying drones putting gopros on things like the the, the tech is keeping up with the traditional style of filmmaking and i think that's really going to revolutionize the indie filmmaking business but in 2014 you were not doing that by that point and the problem is is that when you see that it just to me it just pulls me out and it just feels just like this is just someone threw a gopro and went, oh this is cool like it i was, don't know it was approached a rant, but it was approached like work and it feels like work and it sucks because it's work mm-hmm. you know it's not fucking Apocalypse Now, where Coppola's going mad, literally, and losing everything, gambling on a movie. No, it's just like, oh, let's do this, let's do that. It's bad direction as well. Like, you're not getting anything out of these people. Or they're just so shitty. This is the best thing you can get out of them, which is just bad casting. You know, like, there's no back and forth. There's no anything. It's just fucking idiots. Right. Like, fucking, all, all, all these fucks did is just, like, yell and get into fights and be rowdy, and then we gotta go stop the Yankees, boy. Like, and then, it's just so stupid and trippy and fucking annoying. Yeah, between the artillery guy and, oh, look at those boys. They're walking across the field like Jesus. Like, fucking, my, like, like, come on. <laughs> it's such random casting, too, with that one African-American dude. I can't remember his name. The actor. Uh, well, he. Well, I'll tell you like what he is cook. in. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you what he is in. Uh, he's the arbiter for the Halo games. He's in it. His voice is in a million things. Like yeah, you hear it everywhere. He's it's so he's so recognizable. Well, so 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 you so you just brought that up. Like that I gift. Remember, his, or I forget where his, it's just like welcome to hell. Right, motherfucker. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking like, love that. Yeah, he's in so much shit. I can't remember what his, his I think it's I think it's Keith or oh, I mean, I'm looking yeah, right now. Uh, Great. He's he was in a lot of stuff in the 90s. Yeah. Why is why is he like not on the top like five of the fucking IMF? Well, because it's a fucking movie about Southerners made by Southerners, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you know that? <laughs> There's some underlying tones with that remark there, well, Brian. I, I had to fucking sit through a slave auction. Thank you very much. Like fucking Keith, this is great. Keith. Keith David. Okay. What name. else was he in? Oh God, what is he not in? Uh, no, his voice is using a lot of things. Well, I mean, a lot of was, documentaries uh, too back in the day, like video games right. and stuff. Like he, well, he's I voiced mean, a I shit mean, ton of stuff. I mean, again, he was the arbiter for the Halo series. He's 
been in ton of video games, ton of kid shows. Uh, God, was he not in? I'm scrolling down right now. He he he's in a lot of like voice work work. It seems like, but he was in a lot of. I mean, he's a Mass Effect, a hundred percent. Sean will know what that who he is, which I know. I don't live in a first generation Mustang. I do know what Mass Effect is. So <laughs> <laughs> the the most the most the mo- so okay so so Keith David I can possibly get you know uh the 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 guy who ran the lieutenant who ran the cadets he's been in a bunch of stuff the redhead guy he's he was in back to the future he was in uh, la noir he's like kind of like a b a b actor and he's been around forever the one that just mystifies me is is jason isaacs i i why did you say yes like who who threw you the money, dude? Like I, I'm not judging. I I thought he did the best he could do with the lines he was given, and he's more southern gentleman than any of those guys there, and he's fucking British. But how the hell? Did, how the hell did you get Jason Isaac in this fucking goddamn film? Hey man, like I I I I don't know, man. Fucking. Fucking, you know, he's amazing. He's amazing in anything he does. I love his acting. You know, fucking Patriot. Fucking, fucking, I'm a Harry Potter guy, so fucking, uh, 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 oh, Lucius Malfoy. Um, dude, like, he's been in tons of, uh, fucking Death of Stalin. The best fucking comedy in the last, like, fucking five, six years. Like, he's awesome in that. But it's like, god damn, like, what the fuck? Hey man, what? Listen, there's a great quote from, uh, who is it? Coppola, where he's like, "Listen, he talks about Godfather Three. He goes, sometimes a man has to pay back debts and pay for things <laughs> for his family. So sometimes you have to do it, work that you don't want to do. It probably and, was you know, a favor. Probably was a favor, but it just, it just, it just made me laugh. I was like, man, like I get it. Hey, the Great Recession is real." <laughs> look p diddy look, wants to afford two houses for his children not just one arnold schwarzenegger did some really really bad movies and so did nick cage so like i not judging i think he did i think he was the best of this whole entire movie i think he did the best of what he was given and it wasn't bad acting it was just bad lines but he delivered the bad lines well i thought you gotta so. love the unhinged parts of people's careers where they say yes to everything or their agent says yes to everything like for example, kindergarten cop. I mean, come on, we got that. That's fucking amazing. Like, no more whining, no more complaining. <laughs> there is no bathroom. Shut yeah. up. Shut, Shut up. up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great movie, you know. Fucking awesome movie. No, I, I just again, like, it's hard to go for. It's hard to keep going on just shitting on a movie, but like. I could keep going. I, I know you could. I know you keep going because we can't really talk about the historical like one for one of the battle. We were hoping to have less on tonight, but well, schedules didn't happen. So, but like one side so like, wanted to own people, and the other side said that's not <laughs> shut cool. up. And that's then, not the, the, that. God damn it! <laughs> and then the one side that said that we wanted to own people didn't do that good. And then all right, all right, the whole Brian, economy. All right, all right, Brian. Well, you know, it just has to do with the fact that you know the way that this country was built. 
the way that power worked back then, most of the industrial power was centralized in the north run mill towns. And that doesn't really exist in the south or the same exact infrastructure doesn't exist because there wasn't 200 extra years of colonialization in the south that happened in the north. So thus, when the war started, the south started from an economical and industrial point that was not sustainable for long periods of time. And due to a period of attrition and the U.S. Navy kicking ass, fucking, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway. My wounds are not that deep. <laughs> it's fine. And also in this movie, they, they fucking like keep going along with like the whole southern gentleman speak where it's like British American. Oh, stuff. I do declare, sir. Oh, well, I do declare I have to decide on my map, good sir. What was with the, what was with the, what was, I'm guessing the guy was really French. Who was the French uh, Union general who just was like sawyer or slater or something or yeah was who they made really look French? so stupid i don't know if that's true or not but it's like uh, yeah for, for sure i will not tell you my uh see your day on my strategy uh, we have uh, to see your intelligence yeah it's like god tell me this is kill really, me well listen i'm sorry that your great-grandfather lost his house because he wanted to own people like that's not my problem you know like could you find all a that all writer? that all that made me so Fucking mad! I want his revenge. Oh, suck a dick! We lost the mail again. I, it's I, it's all the tropes. Like, oh, by the way, this movie has a fucking slave market in it. This movie has a slave market in it. They literally show a family get ripped in half, and then they're like, "Good boys." We're not gonna send these young children to fight, but we're gonna rip families in half. That's okay. What was, what was um talking about just just low budget stuff? I'm gonna look it up. I think, I think this was made very cheaply. I'm looking at uh, I remember. I'm I'm just checking something real quick. Hold on. Um, again, it's just a, you know, fuck. a tale in bad filmmaking budget. and no enthusi no enthusiastic filmmaking like. You you might as well be a fucking barista if you're not going to have any enthusiasm when you make a movie. You know, like the people that originally grabbed cameras to make illusions of images of emotion of moving images, whatever, like were eccentrics in them, their own right. So why the fuck are you having milquetoast people trying to make things that they don't understand? It's just boring and it's fucking stupid. This is not a. This is this is an infomercial for VMI. That's all it is. It's all it was cut into. It's one fascinating event in their history, and it's like, oh look, tuition is thirty nine thousand Confederate dollars. <laughs> how many Samuel or how many uh, Stonewall Jacksons do you have? So, so to put it in perspective, okay. I couldn't find what this movie made. It is not on record. It's not on record. Zero dollars. This, uh, para- uh, you remember the movie Parasite, the Korean? Yeah. Film? Very small budget. Yep. I mean, I mean, in, in comparison to multi-million dollar. Movie, yeah. Yeah. At $15 million. Yeah. Which is, you can see every, they used every fucking dime of that. That's yeah. a movie made with passion. That's a movie made with people that understand that they want to be a storyteller, not a fucking wedding videographer. <laughs> <laughs> like $15.5 million and it made $263 million. Like, 
like it, it shows, like you said, it shows the difference between I think a job and a passion. Why are you doing? I, I think that's what. It, yeah. yeah. What What are you doing? You know, you not, got this... not not saying not not saying that that the parasites the same caliber as this film. I just mean budgetarily wise, it was similar. And look how it's won awards. It's won everything. I mean, I, I'm not saying like it has to do with budget. It it come and the, and the subject matter is nowhere near the same. The point is, is just it's it's different like you could make this film really riveting and engaging and everything if you didn't use that fucking character setup from the whole start to finish you could do something quite amazing the best parts of a movie are free it's this pay you have to pay for those situations to exist that's the expensive part so you know, if you cast good people and you get them in the room together, that spark is created. If you cast shitty people and ram them through a script, this is what you make. It's dry and it's boring and it's horrible. All these other articles saying Parasite had 11 million. So there you go. <laughs> but again, that's a mo- you can see from the trailer of that movie mm-hmm. that that movie is made with a passion to tell a story. Someone's yearning to tell. Taxi Driver. Here's a pat as a story that you know is is yearning to be told. Legally Blonde too. That's a movie. <laughs> Cross of Iron is a film that's being made with a passion to tell a story about the worst part of the, the worst conflict in human history. You know, The Notebook has better cinematography in this movie. Uh, like. You know, like I said, this is just like made by wedding videographers. Yeah. Wedding yeah. videographers that... at a reenactment. <laughs> it's going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, it just, yeah. It just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not angry about it. I'm just, I, I just don't want to watch another film like this. <laughs> right. Like, like, like it, it didn't make me angry like tunnel rats did because tunnel rats engaged in a different anger <laughs> this is just like laziness i think more of anything yeah and yeah. uh you know we'll touch quickly on firearms and stuff it was actually not an imfdb page for this so if anybody wants to waste a few hours of their life they're more than welcome <laughs> to uh to make one but yeah. um it's your standard civil warfare of like 58 caliber muskets and the like um again it was it was very well costumed so i didn't see really anything wrong i wouldn't be able to comment on the cannons i mean um everything looked 1860s to me you know as far as castings and stuff nothing looked like crazy reinforced like some of the late you know 1800s cannons or or rear breech loaders and stuff and so as far as that was concerned it looked good i mean usually when you use civil war reenactors the best part about them is the cannon teams because they put a lot of work into everything that they do because it's a lot, a lot of work, a lot so. of work and a lot of money. I have blown. I'm. I was blown away the first time I heard how much it costs to still run to run them even back then, and now it's like so much more. Yeah, I was really involved with the. I was somewhat involved in the Civil War community around this time when this film was being made, and so like I, it, those prices at that time were like wow. The yeah, the interspersed reenactment scenes were bad because if you've been to any reenactment or any um you know if you've been to any training event for like a a military force if you've actually you know 
been to real combat or you've seen really shitty training and you're very experienced at training, it's kind of the same feeling where it's just like, oh, this is bad. It's like, you know, professional athlete watching just shit. And that's, yeah. So that was really sad to see, but whatever. And the and the shots didn't even match up in any way, shape, or form. Nope. So and 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 the editing was awful. The editing was interspersed with random cuts of a cannon. When all you had to do was focus on the guy doing hand to hand combat. Why did you have to hit to a cannon? I don't need to see the cannon shooting. I know there's cannon but shooting. Nate, you've been showing them shooting. Why'd you inter- why'd you intercut the hand to hand combat with a cannon shot? That's two seconds long, and then cut to a guy hand-to-hand combating the next section over. Didn't you read the the white text on the wheat background? It says, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, the yeah, Pennsylvania yeah. boys. The one, the one you can't read behind the windows. Yes. They're pure white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking awful. Um, Just... But the, oh, the flag for the uh, VMI was interesting, too. That was cool to see. So they had their, their colors in the end. Oh, yeah. No, that was cool. Yeah. I, I I mean again there's there's again there are some little things I appreciate seeing. There are some really interesting things I appreciate seeing. I just did not need the fucking hour before that. Well, I didn't you know, this movie could like be twenty minutes. And like when I sit down at a, a national museum park, a museum, yeah. you sit in that slightly darker room with the booths with no with the with the pews with no backs and you fucking sit most uncomfortable seats in the world the most uncomfortable seats so that you don't sit there yeah (laughs) why would you you know what are you gonna do talk to a park ranger about why they collect stamps i don't know (laughs) there's one museum i'm not gonna say the name of in massachusetts that's a really cool tank museum that you have two options you can either go through the gift shop and skip the 45-minute tutorial of an 85-year-old man describing to you what happened in armored warfare between 1918 and 1945. And you get to see, like, a Panzer I and Hitler in one of the Mercedes cars. That's cool. (laughs) But you lose 45 minutes of your life. You'll never get back. It's worse than AIDS. It's a horrible experience. Don't do it. Just listen. Top gear, top tip. If you walk through the gift shop, you can go through the back door and go into the tank gallery and walk to the 85 pieces of armor that are there for, for your taking. Cool. All, all you have to do, this is Scud, this amazing thing. Don't go right, go left. <laughs> anyway. Always turn left. Always yes. turn left. Yeah, go to the gift <laughs> shop, loiter in the gift shop, and go through the door. Don't, I'm, I'm saving you 45 minutes, trust me. You're going to see a <laughs> rifle on a wall and a man talk to you. And then, guess what? You go in from one room into another room into a third room, and the same guy talks to you in all the all the rooms, and he builds. And the, this, and, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. and and they, this is funny too. And I actually like this. This is cool. It's a museum in Massachusetts, and they have a local focus, like a Boston area focus. So all the veterans and a lot of the stuff that they have there is all you know Massachusetts focused, which is awesome and really cool. Except. They have all of these like recordings of the actual, you know, veterans, and they're voiced by local actors, which is very interesting until you have fucking Sally Mae talking about being a stretcher bearer (laughs) in the AEF in 1918. I came from Quincy, Massachusetts. (laughs) And then, like, later on, it's like, yeah, you know, I was in the fucking Normandy. I had a fucking 29er, I had a goddamn bazooka. 
And fucking, you know, imagine if everybody from fucking The Departed told you about their war experience. And it's like, oh my. Yeah, you know what I did? I was a paratrooper. It's like, oh God. So, so, so when someone like Sean gets gamer frustrated, is what I. Dude, it's literally like you walk up to these like things and you push a button and it's like Massachusetts man yells at you about what he did. <laughs> you know, it's like imagine a Family Guy just like had an episode where it was all like veteran stories. It's like you want to hear about Vietnam, <laughs> like you know, in Massachusetts voice. Oh, that's great. So Jesus. it's it's interesting. Anyway, go left, not right. No, go left. Yeah, just go left. Yeah, no, like, again, I, I I didn't see anything with the weapons that was too egregious, other than the the lieutenant, like, firing a revolver at guys 100 yards away. Or, I, I think the only thing that really made me frustrated... Captain Ball was totally that accurate. I don't even talk about was, it. Right, exactly, yeah. Well, like, was the guy, like, <laughs> he's like, oh, they're just kids. Shoot him! Oh, no, no, just shoot him! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? I like how like, he shoots one, and then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> like, what the fuck you do?" Right? Think? Like, 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 it's like, oh, I want you to feel emotion. Now, oh, I, just shoot him! Now, imagine if that guy, you know, wrote down what he said, and then 150 years later, <laughs> he was revoiced <laughs> from a voice actor from Quincy, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, I fucking shot him. <laughs> yeah, I fucking shot him. Yeah, I was what like, of it. <laughs> Like, hey, they're just kids. Hey, Reg- fucking shoot them. Hey, Reggie. <laughs> fucking, they're just kids. <laughs> fucking, just shoot them. Oh, shoot them. Like, like, I don't need that. I, I don't need that. I just, yeah. They just, eh, I get it, but I don't get it. You know? like It's just bad, cheap filmmaking. You blew $6 million of a school's budget and a lot of donors' money for no reason because you approached this problem completely the wrong way and it's sad and you should not make war movies or movies at all because it just shows you're not qualified. Like, it's... This is not hard. It really isn't. And I say that with some experience. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's, it's just like I I understand the the intention. I don't like the execution. I guess is my point. Yeah, but yeah, sets and costumes are great, and I don't say that to be biased because of your friends, but they it looked like the 1860s, and I have to say that they did a very good job at that. Minus the drone shots, which are again, it's very hard unless you rotor that shit out. But you know, yeah, I think, yeah, I think. Well, I, well, I, I think Mount um, Jackson you know, in the background doesn't fucking you know work out well, right? I mean, I, I mean, I think, I think that's what it, I think that's what it's made to do. I think it's just you know, uh, uh, you know, use the latest and greatest technology for cheap filmmaking, and it just it doesn't match the quality of the rest of the film. As a cinematographer, that drives me nuts. As an editor, that drives me nuts. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you know. Bad lines aside, I agree with you, you know. As a friend of mine said, you know, you can always change the dialogue. Dialogue doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously, there's a big difference between good dialogue and bad dialogue. This is not Pulp Fiction. But, you know, as long as you have a good writer and, like, a a script doctor on set, you can always work on that stuff. But, again, it's just bad filmmaking with a narrative in the background as well, like we talked about earlier. It's not only are you know you not give a shit about what you're making you give you don't give a shit about what you're making with this framework that has to be met. So it's just you're not you're not giving a shit what you're making with intent. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think that's what what I don't like about the most. And this was made in in like an age where, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was like a period in the '90s and aughts and early teens, I'd say, with indies, where the idea of a colorist didn't exist, and the color palette was just so bleak uh, for the aspect ratio. Like, cause there's like there's no difference between like my niece's birthday party from 2013 on a VHC camera and this as far as like what it looks like. I, I think that comes down to a, the ability to have the technology at that point. I think, I think the idea of a colorist, a cheap colorist um, that was not tied to a production company. Um, I think was very expensive. And then if you were part of a production company, I think the technology only lets you have a certain range of colors or, or a certain range of stuff you could change and do. And what I'm saying is that, like, for example, in the late aughts and early teens, I was in college and the idea of doing color changing and color, um, uh, uh, you know, colorist type stuff took a lot of processing power. And my college computers couldn't do it at all when I was in college. Now, granted, it's a college computer, but the the idea of having what that. What do you mean? Dell's a great company. Very, right. Yeah. All of them were Dell's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the idea of doing that was almost infeasible. You had to have like almost like a really high end computer and no one really had that. So I don't think it's like that it couldn't be done. I just think the idea of it couldn't be done. And if it could be done, it was very basic because I don't think the idea of it being a indie tool to use hadn't really become a thing yet i do agree with you there is that like there's that color palette with like indie production stuff that's just very bland it's like but I, gladiator i i also well i also feel like Great that has tone. to do with well i also feel like that has to do with um pop culture influence as well i mean fucking saving private ryan fucking band of brothers fucking anything war is always like that low blue tone phantom menace colorful as fuck yeah. you know like the, well, the thing is yeah. with, with film is that because it's it's literally photoreactive paper you use different types of chemicals with your photoreactive paper and it's all it is is changing your you know reactivity of your film to get a different shot so you can shoot things three different ways and it's just about using said shot you know but as the digital age took over that like you said, that really wasn't a possibility unless you had the ability to afford it. You know, unless you yeah. you were like Pixar or something like that. But like, th- there seemed to be like a, a break in the 90s where if you went digital for like 25 years, you had this very gray color palette. Unless you challenged yourself and, and affected lighting in a certain way and like really went for it. But... Maybe that's like the the cheap tone that we're seeing, like a Hallmark movie or like a Lifetime film, because they all this have this very like much had gray, a feeling of a Hallmark movie, yeah. But yeah, like yeah. the gray palette of like just it's a job, no thought, and just no care about how it looks. Because if you done. care about it, like look at um, Bottle Rocket, really cheap '90s movie, with fucking um, Wes Anderson. And uh, Owen Wilson and a bunch of other. It was like Wes Anderson's first kind of breakout film, indie movie, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It's it's so colorful and it's shot on digital. That's because it was cared about and they knew 
what they were doing and they enriched the palette you know again it's just there's no it, this film has no thought to it at all you know it's just a fucking disney info or it's a movie in it's a sorry it's a museum infomercial that's all it is and it shows completely through the whole thing it's just a fucking 90 minute long museum infomercial that, i'm so glad i'm so glad you agree with me on that because that's the way it felt yeah boring piece of shit yeah <laughs> Yeah, you were a little spicy in the chat today. That was you were just like, <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> the the problem is, is that we're eighty seven movies into this, you know. And when you see eighty seven of anything, you pick up on all of it. So it doesn't take you long at this point, or us long at this point, to like fucking figure out like you know immediately feel. when it's going to be like, uh, you know, like well, I I used to give no. I used to give things like chances, and now I'm just like. Uh, yeah, it's it's just interesting, you know. But like a bad movie has a has a certain hallmarks that a good movie has certain hallmarks. It's it's just very interesting. You get this this feel, and then you ask yourself, how do you not be like any of that? <laughs> and it's impossible, right? Because right. it's all been done yeah. hundred years ago. But um, I think we've reached final thoughts. Yeah, I think so. There's nothing much more we can talk about with our history knowledge of, of the kind of like that kind of thing other than, you know, sending kids into battle. He didn't want to do it. Rah, you know, like, hey, child like soldiers that. anywhere is really bad. You know, watch right. the beast. It's a much better movie. I need to I need to pull that VCR. I need to pull the VHS out. I got that cover art is like amazing. Oh, no. Sorry. Uh, the Beast of No Nation. No. Oh, is that another one? Yeah, it's a Netflix movie about oh, okay. child soldiers in Africa. Oh. Came out a few years ago. Oh, I didn't know. Is that the one that Angelie Jolie did? Or is that the Vietnamese one that she did? No, she did the one about uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina. Well, the, maybe that's the one. The I one with the woman she in did, it. Yeah. yeah, she did one with like a The Land of Honey and something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yep. I, I, I've I never seen, seen it. it. But like, yeah. It's shot very well from the things I've seen. I mean, I'd like to see that, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's a boring meatball. <laughs> what the hell? It's a <laughs> it's a boring meatball. It's a boring yeah. meatball. It's a boring movie with people talking in rooms. Um, and that's really it. It's nice locations. It's really nice costuming, but it's just tell me that you don't care about what you're doing to get a C on the project, you know, like. Without telling me that, then telling me that. I don't know. It just, it shows no enthusiasm. And it's sad that this was funded and given, money was given to people that literally don't give a shit. So, or don't care enough to a point where like they're literally just gonna, that had the bare minimum standard to make something and just be like, okay, check. So, it's uh, not a good movie. And that being said, I'm going to give it a four out of 10. The only thing that saves it is the sets and the uh, costuming, not the fucking tripod standard shot, tripod standard shot, tripod standard shot, tripod standard shot. Oh, reenactment. So that yeah, being said, it's it was it's it's interesting that you. It's funny that you liked everything that you know that I know the people who had a hand in, and that that's not like a bias thing or anything like that. It's just because those guys know what they're talk, what they do. Now I'm sure. Uh, Unfortunately, some expert out there or experts out there will tell us that we're fucking crazy. But 
you know, to my untrained eyes, what I always say about the Patriot is I will love the Patriot t- until some expert tells me how terrible the costuming and everything is. I know the story's bullshit. Don't even try to go there with me, people. I know that. Uh, and, you know, all that shit. Another Jason Isaac film. Wonderful. Anyway. Uh, but I I see the, to my untrained eye, in the very little bit I've, I've dove, delved into Civil War reenacting, I see an effort in the sets. I see an effort in the costuming. I see an effort in trying to get something right. That is the only thing I think I see in the film as a whole. I don't like the acting. I don't like the actors they had doing the acting for especially Southerners who were definitely not Southerners. And that, that that's a very small thing to nitpick, but as someone who hears the, as Brian says, sister fucker accent every goddamn day, I, <laughs> I like to have a clear and precise accent with that. Anyway. But the writing is crap. I hate the dialogue. Uh, the cinematography is strained, if not just downright boring. Um, and again, it's like that, you know, in between shots of what is a Hallmark movie and what is an actually indie film. And to me, I feel like as Brian has said multiple times, I think, you know, wedding cinematography, I think that is the, the real thing. You know, uh, there are some shots that do really well and there's some shots that look like crap. Uh, the only good acting in it is few of the kids and maybe Jason Isaac and a few handful of others. Otherwise, it's just kind of like, oh, cool. Christmas movie. You know? <laughs> like, it's just what it is. So, with all that said, you know, I, I really do think it, it suffers from that. So, I think I'm going to give it um, I don't know. I'm going to give it a 4.8 screwing Mel Gibson's out of 10. I'm going to be a little little more gentle with it because it is local, because there are people I know, and because I see effort in some of the things. But the rest of it just goes down, 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 down. Putting the scores into the computer that will tell us if the South will rise again, we get a score of 4.4 out of 10. So this falls squarely into the Thursday night movie range. Like, this is a good movie to put on during dinner. This is a good movie to put on during sex, even though you won't get laid during this fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, all the thing, <laughs> you want to watch kids die? <laughs> no. Shoot them. Hey, babe, yeah. you want to put some South in your mouth? Like, fucking, this, <laughs> this is how you end up on the, uh, you know, couch. But, yes, 4.4 <laughs> out of 10. You want to put some South in your mouth. That is a slogan to one of the best biscuit places in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> I actually know where you're talking about, by the way. Hey, there's two locations, one in Henderson. Yeah, yep. They're amazing. Yep, yep. I know exactly where you're talking about. Yep. Yes. I've been there. It's amazing. That is where you can put the South in your mouth. You. So. I have put the South in my mouth at that location. <laughs> yeah. Yes. With, with a bunch of, on a Sunday, actually, too. So, God fearing Southerners go. watching me. The Lord's Day. It was good cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, like 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 i said this is just uh biscuit head i think i think that's what it's called yeah yeah, yeah. but uh 
yeah, I think I think this is as much as we can talk about this movie. We have 13 minutes before the timer went off, Brian. So we set a timer for the length of this film because I was really it. hoping I was really hoping that the fucking timer go off because my alarm is ridiculous. <laughs> well, if you want to waste 13 minutes of these people's time, we can just have dead air for 13 minutes after the uh, after the pod and just. <laughs> <laughs> the alarm can go off. <laughs> do a, a mini review of an inside movie known as Legally yeah. Blonde. Yeah, a thirteen-minute review of Legally Blonde. I haven't seen that movie in like twenty years. I haven't. Seen I don't even it know why all. I saw. It. I don't even know why I even saw it twenty years ago. Well, because you lived through the early twentieth century, and it's a cultural <laughs> event. And you know, I mean, my wife, my wife loves that movie. <laughs> well, because she's a woman of the demographic for the one that movie was made. That and is she grew up very right true. At the time. Yes, it's like yes, how, that is very it's true. Like, look at how popular Mean Girls is right now. Do you remember when the first one came out? I I think I even saw it in theaters for some reason. Why is the second? Is they're making another one? It's in theaters right now. Uh, why? I, I don't know. Cause, cause <laughs> listen, 1980s culture brought about bankers buying Hollywood and they realized that it's cheaper to put money into sequels than it is to make new things and gamble. So thus we live in a culture where fucking everything's a goddamn sequel. So fucking mm-hmm. mean girls, Tokyo trivia. I don't fucking know. Like, you know, it's <laughs> what the fuck's next? You know, mean girls, Tokyo trivia. So to end it, uh, Q&A, hopefully in the next week or two. So get in those questions if you want. If you want to ask Mike B some very personal questions, I don't give a fuck. Do it. I'll ask him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get some yeah. emoji stuff. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, thank you, Othias, for bringing us out. And uh, <laughs> we'll catch you guys yeah. next week. Ugh. This film almost gave me Ligma, but not quite. So it's not Tomorrow territory. So, what do you boys want to do after the war? Tell me right now. I need to know right now what all of you are going to do for the rest of your God-given lives on this right planet. Now, once we win, what are you going to do? And let me you criticize know... your decision. You're nobody makes a living as a sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want to be a priest? Well, you're about as handy as a field post boy, so I think that's a good choice. Like, I, I just, I, I, I'll just say this right now. You guys want Brian to do the next pod in a 1920s Southern gentleman accent? No, we'll, we'll fucking go there. Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be a fucking right. veteran from Quincy. So <laughs> when I fought Jerry in the trenches. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.